just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. All right, hello everybody. This is January 2021. We made it, yay! About 35 monthly market update. We're gonna be talking about December 20 statistics. How it was for 2020 real estate versus the stock market and bathroom rehab trend. Introducing Dean here. There's his contact information. You wanna buy or sell your house? Great time to sell. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Glad everyone made it through. It's pretty exciting New Year's. I don't know how the festivities were for you lane but we saw quite a few aerials as usual thankfully you weren't in Ella beach or waipapu right i think they oh they yeah <laughs> it's always a great show you see those videos people driving through like on the freeway yeah. passing when is the next pacquiao fight i don't know i i don't keep up take your kids down there for the next fireworks show why the ones here blew it away anyway starting off 2021 as we always do talking about all statistics for december 2020 it was the same trend as we've had for the last uh, what, maybe nine months since like april march of 2020 where we've seen prices go up we've seen volume go up and we've seen days on market go down all signs of a strong you know healthy market favorable for the sellers for the most part so on the single family on the left median single family prices at 870,000 uh, increase of 6.1% from prior year or same time in December 2019 closed sales at 420 that's like almost a 36% increase from same time last year and days on market in staying at 10 days for single family which is as discussed before very low and that's from the point that the property is listed from the point it gets into contract yeah. so on the condo townhouse side we have 455,000 as a median condo price so increase of 7% close sales 20% increase at 514 close sales and days on market still really low 19 uh, days that number is a little bit deceiving though because I think overall, yes, it is still a strong seller's market, but it seems to be a way stronger on the single family side and part of it due to COVID. So now we look at closed sales. We see, I want to talk about just taking a look at the trends, right? So we talked about the 514 and the 420 for single family, but if you see that trend going upwards, so we're seeing volume tending to go up. And on the next slide, we'll see that the new listings are going down. Hey, what's that uh, SRES next to your name? What does that stand oh, for? Oh, that stands like for Senior Real Estate Specialist. Thank you for noticing that, Lane. Wow, you're pretty... I, I, so that's why I don't like that. Instead, on the next slide, the numbers we talked about before is, again, when you're looking at the median sales price for single family, we're looking at 870 is the end of this year versus 820 was the end of last year. So that's a 6% increase. And... For condos, we see about a 7% increase, which is really healthy considering all this, our current situation. So when we look at that lane, what made me think, we talked about all the year-end things and comparisons. So we talk about real estate versus other investment opportunities. So I wanted to see how the stock markets did. 
and how stocks did. So I pulled this off of a site. And if you can see for the year 2020, S&P was up 16%. And that's pretty darn awesome. And it makes me think, Lane, we've been proponents for real estate for a while. And we have our opinions about investing in real estate versus the stocks. So it made me look into things a little more and just do a quick not a, really a case study, but I just wanted to pull something up. So last night I, I pulled this stock market information. And then on the next slide, you can see I did a really quick, just for SNG, just to take a look at, try to compare the two. So I went onto the MLS and I looked at single family homes that closed on December 31st, 2020, just for fun. Again, just bear with me. So that's 38 homes I found, right? So then what I did was I scrolled through the transactions and I tried to find one that was a few years ago, not a flip. So I came out, as I was going through the details, I came up with this home. So on the next slide, Lane, you'll see this home, hopefully none of our viewers' homes, but this is public information. So anyway, at number 15 of 38, I stopped. So this is a single family home, a little more than 1,500 square feet, three bedroom, two and a half bath sold for $800,000 and it was eight days on market, okay? Then I looked at its history. So if we go on the next slide, we see, so yeah, again, sold for 800, eight days on market, listed for $50,000 less. So we, it was close at $50,000 over asking price. That same property sold in uh, about four years prior, yeah, on February, 2017, for $690,000 even, almost two months on market. And it was listed at a higher price. It, it, it closed at a price less than the listed price, yeah, slightly. So definitely a different market, yeah, three, four years ago. And simple math, you say, okay, that's a 16% appreciation over four years. I'm like, oh, Lane, that's, that doesn't sound too good. We're trying to pitch this. And again, not as a replacement, as a way to complement your portfolio. And then, but we're saying, okay, on that slide, few slides ago, I said, oh, okay, but the S&P had a 16% return, right? in 2020. So I was like, huh. But then I was thinking, hey, we forgot to consider leverage. So I then looked further to get more information on this property and as okay, let's see if it was leveraged. So come to find out this property was bought in 2017. It was purchased 100% financed VA loan. So the, the buyer didn't even pay any closing costs, anything. It all got rolled up as you can see in that amount. And that uh, $110,000 of appreciation in theory that owner purchased with no money down, $110,000 in appreciation, but no initial investment. So nothing down and he made $110,000 in theory. So that to me then validates in my mind why I'm also investing in real estate as well as in the stock market. Because when you take into account all the other benefits of real estate investing, it does have its positives that you can't just look at the 16% for S&P for one year versus the 16% in this appreciation for this home for four years. So there's a lot of things to take into account. And also keep in mind that on the other end is whenever you take into account leverage, it, it could be dangerous. You need to be leveraging smart you now because I think I looked a little further. I think this property might've actually went through a foreclosure process, but anyway, that's beside the point, but yeah, it's a classic case of people just comparing rates of return, which you guys yeah, have to leverage. So yeah, we theory, didn't even lever that appreciation of three, four X. We didn't that. take into account the tax, potential tax benefits, all that kind of stuff. Because when they sold that 110K 
was could potentially have been tax free for them. Yeah? Well, so different like the stocks is ordinary income, and for people right. making over three four hundred thousand dollars, you don't want right. any of that. You want passive income. So again, yeah, I just did that for S and G last night as I was going to this. And um, yeah, um, one thing I wanted to talk through to end my section was uh, my. The other day, I pulled the house bathroom trend studies for 2020. And so house is a resource for homeowners to, that they provide information to, you know, help us know what the current trends are in terms of the home improvement activities going on throughout the state. So I pulled that and in doing so, I pulled some interesting data. If you want the report, just shoot me an email and I can send it to you. But some interesting information we found for 2020. So average remodels. And on the next slide, you'll see that the average remodels are in the realm of 8,000. So for the major remodels, in upwards of close to 20,000. And for the minor remodels, we're below 5,000. But some interesting information. Again, this is just trends. So everyone has their seat. This is a way to see how you add up. But one thing was 23% of renovations included bathtub removals. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And another... Yeah, that's what we notice on the apartments. People are opting for the really nice showers and getting yep. rid of the tubs. Or the other thing I was thinking of is aging populations needing to age in place. So, so they're getting walk-in showers with less chance of slipping as they step over the, the threshold, yeah? Yeah, yeah, both. Right. And then, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And then another statistic per this study was that of everyone doing their renovations, they said that 41% use the bathroom to relax and rest. So take it what it is. I don't know if you count like sitting on the throne and going number two or <laughs> candy crush. But or I was thinking more along the lines of they're having their tubs with their either a jacuzzi tub or a soaking tub. Which Nobody's got time for that anymore. You get your shower, get the heck out. Yeah. So the funny thing that you mentioned that too is because I'm working with buyers and sellers. And so when I'm talking to every different buyer has their opinion. So the, I'm working with the families with young children and they're like, oh yeah, we need a tub because the child's going to love to play in it or the way they bathe them. So the younger families need them. And then as we mentioned earlier, the older generations tend to not want one as much, you know, and it's not as much of a necessary because what else are you going to do besides a tub? Because it's hard to soak in for adults. Yeah. But, uh, the, and then the other thing that came up was, this is on another deal in Texas. Like my partners are now in our Indian. So I was asking, this is a cultural thing? Because a lot of tenants are Indian. Okay. And they're like, what do you guys do with your kids? Do you guys, do you bathe your kids in the sink or? I don't know. Me? What, me? Yeah. What do you guys do? When, when my kids were young, we, yeah. yeah, when they were super small, we bought like a little plastic support thing. I was actually the designated bather, so I, we bought this plastic tub that they would sit in nicely with a nice padding, and I, it would sit within the tub and it would hold them up. But I, I've seen people bathe them in the sinks too. Yeah, yeah. My partner said, yeah, we just bathe them in the sinks. We don't care. Oh. I guess they no need for a tub. That's true. Once they can stand up, it's like, okay, just take the shower head that comes off and you just shoosh them down. Time efficiencies so a few other statistics i thought were um, very interesting vinyl flooring although not um, very big had an increase so as you can see on the left side ceramic and porcelain still took uh, the cake with 59 percent for the flooring outside the showers but the vinyl jumped up apparently four percent to 11 which is still relatively low for the flooring with the luxury plank vinyl coming out with so it's so it's waterproof. It has. They have so much new styles coming out. 
it's so strong and reasonable i thought that would have been up higher over the ceramic importance especially for the floor and then well it's so selecting people that are getting bathroom remodels or your affluent people so that's, that's why you're getting that stuff lvt is more for like rental grade that's true that's a very good point that's a very good point and then on the right side we see for sinks whenever they're upgrading sinks of course the undermount sinks took the cake at 65 percent and then the drop-in sinks were second and I, I was surprised vessel sinks we even made third place because i thought those were uh, dated but i think again i'm not keeping up with the trends so i don't know what do you think about those vessel sinks that you see in the fancy bathrooms is that like the one where it's like a bonsai? It looks like a bowl. It looks literally yeah. looks like a giant salad bowl kind of thing. I'll be honest, man. I don't know what the, what an undermount trough in vessel. I don't know. <laughs> Until you said vessel and that I didn't have a yeah, call yeah, yeah. who wants to be a millionaire <laughs> for that one. Yeah. I just don't so, care about that stuff. No, you're the pragmatic guy though. So if we ask your wife, it might be different, right? Yeah, she and, probably doesn't know. But the last uh, slide I was going to talk to is um, talking about premium features for toilet showers and tubs so one thing i agreed with in this was um, the one-piece toilets you can see 28 percent of renovations had one-piece toilets i really like those one-piece toilets it's the one that the tank on top is that's one piece with the base so that it's not screwed in you don't have to worry about any leaks in between sometimes if you lean back on the tank or you push it that's it creates a crack or the seal breaks and it starts leaking so simple easier to clean there's no crevices and a lot of the times the base of the one-piece toilets drop straight down so there's less dust to collect around the, the edges something i didn't care for so much that I, I not to say i disagreed but the premium features for the shower they talked about those rainfall shower heads where it feels like it's that's a big square and it's like raining on you that was a 58 percent of installs had those as well as the dual showers which are i believe where the jets are right in front of you and they're shooting horizontally for me i've used those at the hotels and i i don't really care for them old school i like the high pressure to shoot the soap off of my hair and kind of feels weird when something's coming at me horizontally but that's just me just don't give me one of those high efficiency things oh that you need to stay in the shower for 20 minutes you need some of those oh yeah those are super bad yeah then those yeah it's it's like really mini sprays we install them <laughs> in all the apartments oh yeah <laughs> See, talk about money savers that's a great money saver that's the, from that standpoint yeah being being green and that, that's a different story though yeah so if you want a copy of the 2020 U.S. House Bathroom Trend Study, just shoot me an email and I can send it your way. It's about 33 pages and I just tried to pull out what I thought was interesting. So yeah, if you guys hadn't, check out my podcast, Opacity Cashflow, all about investing on the mainland for cashflow. But uh, the free giveaway this month is a free buy and hold analyzer and this thing called the Burr Calculator. I'm not a big fan of this Burr stuff, which stands for buy, rent, rehab, refinance. But if you want to do it, at least go ahead and knowing your numbers, you can go download it at simplepassacashflow.com slash returns and download it there. But yeah, little teaching point, paying off debt. I pulled up this check from 2011. We didn't know each other back then, did we? I don't think so. Yeah. That was well, before Bigger Pockets was around, right? <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the checks where I would pay down my mortgage and I, I realized what a mistake that was. Oh, interesting. So, I knew it didn't make sense, but everything that you're taught, right? Pay down debt, pay down debt. But I will be one to tell you debt's a tool. Use tools for the right job.
this might be the reason why everybody's stocks is up 16% this year. If you look on the right side, that's the amount of money that got pumped into the system the last oh. five months. And this is what's surprising. Like you look at 2008, 2009, there was a lot of stimulus, but nothing compared to what it is in the last five months. Yeah, that's true. It's being supported. Yep. So John Burns puts together these reports, in different markets that he likes. And I think the, the real story is, if you haven't heard about it, is the max exodus out of San Francisco, New York, expensive parts of California, and going to more of the Midwest, South Texas. And Uncle Bill Gates had a little predictor. Some people don't like him. But he had a phase one health crisis. He got that one. We had 10 weeks of lockdown. He thought it was going to take 18 months to get a vaccine. It took us, what, nine, nine or 10? Granted, is it is it's a fake vaccine, right? It's an NRA or whatever they call it. it. Wasn't like the normal vaccines that we get. But that's cool. That's pretty quick, right? It's like super fast. Yeah. yeah. And then he also, I don't know why the heck they're asking Bill Gates this stuff, but he also predicted that home buying the the market would take a very long time until recovery. So he was completely wrong on that. We had just a nice bull run with prices going up in pretty much every single market due to low supply. A lot of billionaires got rich through COVID because they pivoted their business. Yeah, there's always opportunity out there. You're able to capitalize on it. Jim Rickards, if you heard of that guy, but he's a perma bear. So I interviewed him last week, or it might've been Monday. Days just go by, but he's right. He's got this new book out, The New Great Depression. And I was expecting him to get into a little of a scuffle with him because he's like economists. I'm not too huge big fan of economists because they're like the weatherman. They just make a bunch of predictions and then change it <laughs> when it doesn't happen. And they're never in the game. They never have money. They never have any investments. So they're out of touch with reality, in my opinion. They're academics. Yeah, they're academics. That the Howard Drakus guy is right there. Like, he's the Hawaii guy, right? Like, I want to know what's in his portfolio. I don't want to hear his predictions. I want to know what he's doing. Maybe he's not doing it. I want to know his network. I want to know what's under the hood. But yeah, Mr. Rickard said here that basically do not expect two, three, five percent GDP growth every year, like how we've been seeing the last generations, and said to expect oh, maybe a zero to two percent increase every year. And I was like, I'm cool with that. That's fine <laughs> with me. My expectations aren't that high. And that he says that's the new Great Depression, like a Japan in a way. Pulled this one out. I don't know if you heard about this project, a cool renovation of an older apartment. Uh, I had the address and it's somewhere downtown, but uh, yeah, it's cool to see these types of properties get rehabilitated. Um, but going back to the mainland stuff, if you are checking this out on the YouTube channel, we have a map of the United States and you see where a lot of the red is getting out of Seattle, Portland, Bay Area, Los Angeles, and moving towards places that are a lot less budget friendly and less crowded. And one of the big headlines is, of course, everybody's getting the heck out of California. If you watch any bit of YouTube, every single influencer is making a YouTube video on getting out of California. It's such a big trend that just by having that in your video, it pulls a lot of readers and viewers because it is so popular. Good to know. <laughs> so if HP, they were the startups in the Bay Area, now they're fleeing to Texas, just like Tesla and just like many other companies out there because of the good taxes out there. Effective rate growth for multifamily, it was flatlined this year, but that's to be expected, right? It's a pandemic. 
we have new single family rental tenants coming from urban areas. So 59% were moving from urban locations, 41% moving from suburban locations. So this is a general trend of people getting out of the business core district, going to a little bit more suburb type areas. Yeah, this is why Eva Beach and Makakilo is single families are off the hook when, you know, that wasn't the case before. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think Hawaii is weird though. Like it's, Hawaii is like the island of the nine. It's just a long piece, a long strip to go up the mountains. Mm. But like in a normal United States MSA, it grows outward like a web. But I guess, this, yeah, people want to get away from the sea or maybe it's just they can't afford it too. Yeah. What's the way they develop too? Because like you said, typically like they talk about the urban sprawl where if it starts in Honolulu and it starts to go out. But I think when they try to do Kapole, a second city, and Koalina, it was that 20 years ago, it, they just said, okay, we'll go all the way out there and just build. So it, that kind of threw everything off and not, I mean, hindsight being 2020, the urban planners look at it and say, that might not have been the way to go. It is what it is, right? Yeah. People want to work not really in the city unless they have to for connection, sir. But I think people would rather just take a little shorter drive to the middle market, like five story high rise. Like, in, like Milani has some of those, or maybe the small office building. I think so. Apple has that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, three big trends for multifamily, and you could probably make the case for single families in 2021. A uh, banner year for transactions because things are going to somewhat normalcy by mid to late 2021. And just a lot of pent up transactional demand. People were frozen with the whole COVID 19 and also the election, too, which came and went. The uh, second thing was the crowding of the Southeast capital market. So the, like I said, the general trend to get out of those high price areas into more places that make more sense financially and economically. And the temporary boost for the suburbs, which we were just talking about on the last page with the remote worker culture sort of sticking around and coupled with the desire to live in less populated areas. Yeah. Should should be interesting, like you said, temporary. It should be interesting when uh, people are starting to have to go back to work and now have to s- start fighting that traffic again, like how how we used to see. And then that side might out in the suburbs might not be as appealing as it was uh, earlier this year. Yeah, yeah, but the COVID accelerated a lot of trends, right? A lot of employers got confident. That's true. Food. Yeah. That is a very good point. My ordering from California Pizza Kitchen and some other restaurants, <laughs> it's pretty sleek using those apps to order stuff now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so $900 billion relief package got signed very recently. This is the latest round of stimulus. Everybody should have got their checks. If you didn't make too much, you, you got your checks. And uh, a lot of this is somehow f- probably flows down to investors and the general public. but. I think that generally a lot of people are hoarding this cash. They're just paying down debt, keeping in the savings accounts, very logical, but that's not what the government wants. The government kind of needs it to get into the system. Spent. Yeah. They need to spend, spend it. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about stocks. This is something I'm interested in investing in, like investing in websites and stuff like that. Cause you know, so like Blackstone, the big hedge front, they're buying ancestry.com, they're buying a website that has existing cash flow that they could do value add or can improve the business. It's like a digital asset that you can buy. But I think what I don't like about stocks is that you can't appreciate the value. You can't increase value. You just buy low so high. I don't think that builds legacy well. 
you can get lucky here and there and you can buy on an uptrend, but real wealth comes to those who create value. And we can do a plug for the mastermind this year. We're not going to be able to do it in Hawaii, but we're going to do it virtually. We're going to have almost a hundred people coming to this. Wow. You might, you might help out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had, I had fun last year. That's, that was the one we did last year. They helped yeah. do it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm super bummed that we're not having a dish. That so was no, so fun. No pickleball. No, no pickleball. No hate. lockout room. What is that room? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the escape room. All the escape rooms are out of business now, I think. That was a uh, bummer, but that's okay. Yeah. How many days of this one for? Two days. And I think it's cool because look at look already how many people registered. Like so many other people are going to see the, the kind of people that we have. That's cool. So if people want to register, you got another week, simplepassacashflow.com slash bubble. And, but yeah, if nobody has anything else, you got any parting words there, Dean? What are you up to this month? This month, uh, <laughs> I am doing some refinances. I didn't realize, call me foolish, but I'm only doing my refinances now. And I, in terms of some of my investment properties on the mainland. So trying to hit up a bunch of them all at one time and hopefully bring down my debt servicing by a lot. I got a letter from my lender. It was a portfolio loan and they were oh. calling my note due here in the next what? few months. And I was like, what did I do? But then okay. it was a five-year note and I get okay. to five years already. This is a commercial one then? Yeah. Yeah, so you just got to refinance. It's like a little single family home, but oh. I'm trying to sell that thing. So I don't have to go through the trouble of refinancing. That thing. This is one of the last few ones you have? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I should just fire sell that thing. If somebody <laughs> wants to buy a turnkey rental in Birmingham, let me know. But yeah, it's been five years since I got that that one. Oh yeah. I'll hit you up. Maybe I'll throw it into my solo 401k or something. <laughs> I don't know. You're cheap. Uh, maybe I might have something here. But all right, guys, we'll turn the recording off here and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Three Real Estate Investing Group. Check out reialoha.com. Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.